Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons, we're just happy you're here. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, let's creep. Let's creep. If you're new here, our first segment's creep. It's when we creep on social media. So let's get to it. So Mm -hmm. Cassidy from The Bachelor. Well, obviously Cassidy's from The Bachelor. (laughs) Okay, but some people might not know if you're not exactly. keeping up with Clayton's current season. Okay, Cassidy's yes. on The Bachelor, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, so not Ca- anymore, but yes. So uh, the other week we talked about how Cassidy had a leaked video where she revealed that she's going to be sent home before she was actually sent home. It got sent around like crazy, and she took to her Instagram stories recently and basically explained what really happened. So she didn't just post that on social media by accident. She shared it to her, like, you know how you you can make like a close friends list on yeah. Instagram. So she was just sending it to like her close friends and one of those people leaked it. That's what she's saying that one of those people leaked it to Reality Steve or something and that's how it circulated. I'm skeptical about the story, but that's neither here nor there. Like that seems like a weird thing to put on close friends, you know? Well, she said that that's why she was being extra sarcastic because like Yeah, I guess. So she basically says, "Now that my time on the Bachelor is done, I want to address the two videos that made the rounds on social media." First, they were never made public by me or intended to be seen publicly. I posted those only to my close friend's stories on Instagram where someone that I thought was my friend screen recorded and sent them to a spoiler site, AKA Reality Steve. She says that she's being intentionally overdramatic and satirical and the people that know her in real life get that, but obviously she understands why people didn't get it. She said she's really embarrassed that those videos ended up everywhere and they don't reflect her actual thoughts or feelings and basically that she's never written a public apology before but she gave her her apology, I guess. Thoughts. I mean, shitty friends, um, Cassidy, (laughs) maybe refine your close friends list on Instagram. So I, after I heard the story that she sent it to her friends. I really felt for her because, like, that fucking sucks. That's way different of a story than, like, accidentally posting it yourself. So I reached out and I was like, hey, that really sucks. I'm really sorry. Hope you're okay. Because she went through the ringer after that video came out. Mm-hmm. And she was super nice. We were chatting for quite a bit. And she basically, um, it's to be assumed that she got a legal slap on the wrist from ABC for this. So she's hopeful that she could still go to paradise. Um, but you know, she's, she has to stay out of trouble, which I think she will. I mean, I said last episode, like, I don't really think this is even that bad. You didn't spoil the ending. You spoiled that you were going to be going home in an upcoming episode. What was already like kind of obvious that she was going home. Right. Like if you didn't already foresee that, then like that's on you. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to tell you there. Are you going to share the conversation you had with her? She writes back and says, Reality Steve posts so much shit that, you know, doesn't get circulated. And then, of course, the story that involves me goes viral. Like, why me, basically? But she said she's gotten a lot of positive feedback from her acknowledgement and her apology. She said she has no clue who the friend is that leaked the story, which sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long her close friends list is, but I was like, why don't you just throw them all in a group text and and figure it out? Like, that's shady. She said that she's been getting a lot of hate because she's so closely associated with Sinead. Sinead's currently on the show, so the more that Sinead does, people associate Cassidy with her. So Cassidy's getting really dragged, and it's really shitty. And she's like, it doesn't help that we look exactly alike, which is true. Right. Yeah, they do look similar. They were a little duo for a hot second there. Yeah, um, but she seems like... 
you know, she brought up Paradise to me. She obviously has no clue if she's actually going, but she's very vocal about wanting to go to Paradise. She posted to her stories the night of Clayton's episode and basically said, if I were to go to Paradise, who would you want to see me with? So I am confident we'll see her on the beach. I think we will too. Yeah, moving on. So big news for Andrew Spencer from Katie's season. He announced that he's moving to LA and that's not all. He has a roommate and it's, Greg, sad boy, Grippo. So excited. Um, Did you see this? I did see this. Well, I had seen a week or two ago that they were moving somewhere and were going to be roommates, but it wasn't, they weren't announcing where they were moving to. And now they've officially said they're going to LA. I thought Andrew was going to go to New York and be with Greg because Greg's already in New York. And be with Greg (laughs) to reunite. And then some people were saying maybe Chicago, but I was like, "Mm, no, probably New York as opposed to Chicago. LA was not even in my mind, but good for them. I think it'll be a fresh start for both. Um, I feel like Greg needs the fresh start more than Andrew does, but they'll have fun. They'll live their best lives. I'm not hating on like roommates. I get it. And that's probably more fun to live with someone. But like, yeah, I don't know. You were on a show to potentially find a fiance and get married. And now you're going to have a roommate. Not judging, just just curious. Maybe a little confused, you know? These cities are expensive. I feel like it's more common than you would think to have a roommate. I, like I have friends that still have roommates. Um, okay. But they still, but they make decent money, you would think. So they. it's not that's... necessarily like a financial thing. It's like a pure friendship thing, I guess. Right, it's a little bit of a fraternity thing. That's what I'm saying, like they make, a, a, I'm assuming they make good money. Yeah, I think though, like they are moving across the country. It can be very lonely if you don't know anyone. So the fact that they're gonna be like together, kind of like learning it all together. Kind together of nice. forever, Linda and Heather, yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Best friends. Best friends. So Andrew um, made this announcement and because Greg, sad boy, Gri- Grippo, barely ever posts on his Instagram. He, want, I guess, <laughs> wanted to get his announcement in, too. So then he's like, hey, see you there. And then Andrew writes back, roomy. Mm-hmm. They're, like, chatting back and forth in the comments. It's like, okay, we get it. You guys are roommates. Thank you for that subtle announcement. Um, but what I'm concerned about is that they're not going to get a package from Sour Patch Kids. So Sour Patch Kids, like, the company, not, like, mm-hmm. kids – um, right. responded and said that they shipped a package of Sour Patch Kids to Andrew and Greg, and but they shipped it to their New York house or their New York location. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> now I'm like really upset because like, I don't want those to go to waste. So Andrew, if you want me to pick it up for you, I'll see what I can do. Maybe they haven't moved yet. Maybe they can still receive. Because, like, how long does it take to get a package? They might get them still. Or, so what, you think there's just Sour Patch Kids sitting outside of both of their apartments in Chicago and in New York? Yes. And they're, everyone's walking past and they're like, well, shit, they moved. Who's going to take the Sour Patch Kids now? Also, like, did Sour Patch Kids, like, not confirm their address before sending a package of Sour Patch Kids? I don't know. Maybe they didn't. I don't know how it works when you're like up and up on these like high influencer tiers where people just send you like 20 packages a day. I can't wait till like a month from now that we see Andrew and Greg sitting in like a hot tub filled with Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. (laughs) Because they finally get their package. So beautiful. I ship this. So I'm happy for them. I mean, I do too. And like hopefully this means we'll get more Andrew Greg content. Yeah. Because Greg is not doing enough for me. I need more. His energy yes. levels, if you will, are a little low. Yes. As we know. He needs to step so, it up. Right. Maybe 
Andrew can help him shake off some of that WBE he has going on mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. Well, there is always a drought in LA, so your blankets cannot get wet. That is some dry blanket energy. Dry blankets, fresh out of the dryer. All right. Ashley and Jared's baby is here, and they stuck with the name. It is Dawson Dimitri, even though we had a quick little scare for a second that it might be (laughs) Brady. A scare. Yeah, I was scared. I was scared, and I was like, you know what? I, I appreciate that you respect Amazon Live. And went with your original choice. Yes, right. They were really committed to the fans. Hey guys, so Jackie from the future here. Literally immediately after we recorded this episode, Jared posted on Instagram, meet Dawson Dimitri Brady Haben. Now, I don't know if this is his way of announcing that Amazon Live actually doesn't mean anything to them and they added to Dawson Dimitri's name and one of his middle names is Brady or if at this point they're literally just trolling us and being like haha wasn't that funny when we considered putting Brady in our child's name either way I don't really know so we're not 100% sure if they like stuck to their guns or not I at this point I'm like they must be trolling us because there's like no way those names all fit on a birth certificate that's neither here nor there congrats to Jared and Ashley now back to the episode The shilling never stops for them. Ashley made a story that said, tap this photo and comment your prediction of Dawson's birth weight and enter to win a $500 gift card. I cannot. Like I can (laughs) So in case anyone has any ideas, I don't know if you want to like, I don't don't know how you predict a baby's birth weight. Is it just random or like how does that work? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's only like, there's only so much of a range. That That's it could true. possibly be. <laughs> so your odds are not, like, your odds are pretty good, maybe, to guess it. But I, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier. Okay. On one hand, like, Ashley has a baby to feed now. This is their way of making money. True. I wouldn't do it as she's all batch, but, like, I would do it as Ashley Iconetti. And I get why you want to do it. It's easy fucking money. You're dealing with a baby now. You have a much bigger expense to deal with. So I get that. But we were, like... I understand her reasoning for doing it, but like we are a hop, skip, and a jump away from literally being like, guess the color of Dawson's poopy diaper for a chance to win a Sony television. <laughs> okay, I would guess. That's honestly easier than the weight. You have like it's really two not there. You you okay. don't have You're like children. as someone with a baby, I see a range of colors. Well, no, not anymore, but when they're infants, it's like <laughs> oh. all the colors of the rainbow. Not really, literally, but not literally, but like it's whatever. We don't need to go into baby shit on the She's All Batch podcast, but. No, we do. They're taking us there, Ashley and Jared. Where do we draw the line? So we could take this a step further because I was on Reddit and s- someone shared a photo of um, I obviously a pre-scheduled email blast from Ashley. And mm-hmm. it is advertising childcare classes, but it was sent out while Ashley was actually in labor. So the, the girl that shared it was like, you know, I obviously don't think this is really Ashley I. And like, all I could think about is Ashley sitting on the hospital bed in between contractions pushing. And she's like, hold on, I just have to tell them like, use coupon code Ashley and they could get 10% off. Mushell. Yeah. Yes. Like influencer life never sleeps. So clearly that grind, you got to keep going. Yeah. I just, I guess you had said earlier, like, where is the line? I don't think there is one. I do think we will be predicting, like, where's Dawson Dimitri going to get into college? Guess now for a, <laughs> a $300 gift card to 
Amazon something. Excited to see Dawson Dimitri grow up before our eyes because I feel like he's now going to become part of our lives in the way that Ashley and Jared are part of our lives. Yeah, we should we should um, welcome Dawson. We should welcome Dawson with open arms. Not even done with this one yet because oh, okay. I was- Oh, there's more people. There is more. I was creeping a little bit further and I went over, moseyed on over to um, FOTSBH's Instagram and I found a photo. Wait, friend of, the, oh. Friend Fox of the show, BH. Ben Higgins. Friend of the show, Ben Higgins. Okay, I know Fots, friend of the show. I was missing the Ben Higgins part in abbreviation, so Fotsb. Also, like, while we're talking about this, guys, like, you are all also our FOTS because you guys are all friends yeah. of the show. So obviously FOTS Ben Higgins fots. is like the original, but you're, you're all little thoughts to us. <laughs> he posted um, just a few days ago. So he posted that he was going to celebrate with Ashley and Jared on the arrival of the baby. And it is an ad for a Hyundai, <laughs> a, like a Hyundai Elantra or something. A Hyundai Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EV. Thank you. It's a Hyundai Santa Fe. And he's packing the car with like, there's a stuffed cheetah, which is like very imperative for a new baby. He has like a car seat, all this stuff. But this is an ad for Hyundai. And uh, do we think these were even gifts for her? Like, do we think he actually drove this car to their house and gave it to them? Like, no. And none no. of these things are wrapped. He didn't even wrap them. The audacity. <laughs> okay, I do think that Dawson did get the gifts eventually. Like, what's Ben Higgins going to do with a stuffed cheetah? He's just going to send it to <laughs> Ashley. But I don't think that this car was driven to their baby shower. Or I don't think Dawson ever saw the car or, like, any of that. This was done separately. Ben Higgins shot this commercial and then packaged up all the little toys and mailed them to Dawson Dimitri. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. Really? I don't think they he took the time to mail them. I think Hyundai dropped the car off in a parking lot, then shot it, and then they drive the car away. But we we should ask Dawson when he's older. So Dawson, um, if you're listening to this in like yeah. 2035, please let us know if you ever got that stuffed cheetah. Report back. Yeah, otherwise, what would he do with it? Well, I guess we know he loves charity, so he probably donated them. Well, I was going to say, like, he is a charitable guy, so maybe he mm -hmm. did, these weren't Ashley baby gifts, and maybe he just donated them. Which would be great. Moving on. Oh, my God. Not moving on. Staying, okay, moving on, but staying on the topic of Ashley and Jared making money by any means necessary. Jared, just the other day, posted a... Instagram ad with Ashley and it's for lube, which like, whatever, do what you gotta do, but the lube is photoshopped and it's not actually in her hand. Like, so we're gonna all as a group go to Instagram. Wait, this is so funny. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture right now just to get another Like, first glance. of all, okay, here's what I see. It's not in Ashley's hand. It, it's photoshopped to be in her hand, but it's not. And then it's in the exact same position on her shoulder which makes yeah. me feel like he accidentally copied and pasted it and like didn't realize. Cause like it's literally the exact same photo, the same position. You know what I mean? Like why is it twice and why is one on your shoulder? Yeah, and to give everyone like a full vision of like the whole piece, Jared and Ashley are there kind of like snuggled up. They look like they're on a couch and then literally right by Ashley's shoulder and ear is like a literal pasted, clip art photo of this lube and then in between them kind of by Ashley's hand but not really in it just like slightly above her hand is another copied and pasted photo of this lube so they didn't even have the lube I guess to 
take a picture with? Like, is this just like a a sponsoring fail that like the package didn't get there in time? They're like, well, shit, we need to get this up. Dawson Dimitri needs more diapers. We need the money. So they just had to. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it had to have been. It had to have been something like that because the caption celebrating Valentine's Day a little early this year because we're going to be a family of three by the time Valentine's Day comes. So we have to get all our sex in. What do you think? Who do you think you are? Anna Redman and Chris Bukowski? Like, calm down. (laughs) But Ashley commented on Jared's post and said, also reading that it's very much a must post baby. You know, when that stuff resumes. Okay, maybe not right now to be completely honest, but very pro lube around here. Thank you, Ashley, for that. Yes, thank you. So do you think the whole ad was made previously or it was like they were like, hey, we need this lube ad and they're like, well, shit, we're busy. We're having a baby. So they just found an old picture of them and then photoshopped the. <laughs> oh my God, that's that. That has to be what it was. That's what it is. They're like, we're busy. Like Ashley's like, I'm so pregnant. I'm not doing this right now. So they found an old photo of them together and then just photoshopped the lube in. But I need to speak to the person who did this photoshopping and ask them why they photoshopped it twice and put one on Ashley's shoulder. So if you are the person that did that, like I'm assuming maybe it's not. I think they did it. I I was like, I think they did it with how bad it is. I'm like, they did this themselves. (laughs) No one was paid to make this beautiful masterpiece of work. (laughs) This beautiful masterpiece. I mean, if anything, we're bringing lots of awareness to this lube your shilling. So you're welcome. Yes. do clearly we've just listed like 17 different things that you've done to you know bring home the bacon so so hats off to you Dawson Dimitri's well on his way with his college fund and a new car when he turns 17 yes okay moving on okay so I put this one in here Nick Vial changed his profile picture on Instagram to be just of his dog um in my opinion, it's just an interesting rebrand. He's really been leaning into the, I'm a family man with my girlfriend and my dog. I don't know. What do you think about this? I'm like, feels off brand for Nick. Clearly, he's trying to like do a thing, move into a new direction. Is the engagement coming? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think it's a rebrand, but I think he's definitely... I feel like it's so different no, from when I don't he think was like serious. six months ago. This is the same man, mind you, who had an ad for a vibrator and literally was like pleasure and then his girlfriend was like (laughs) masturbating in the corner in the ad and now he's like just me a family man and my dog and we're just like family first let's say grace before we eat dinner let's sit on a a a porch swing and just talk about the weather very porch swing vibes doesn't it feel so different now I'm going to go through his Instagram. Okay, it feels different. I definitely am getting the, like, I'm just an old married man vibe here. Um, they did just get the dog, so he's probably just excited that he has a new dog. The dog's name is Jeff. I'm so here for that. My husband used to have a dog named Mike. So I, I think it's really cute when, like, people they have, have, like, real person names. Real yeah. names. Um, on the, the recent picture that Nick posted, Natalie wrote, I love our life. So they very much seem like they are rock solid, gonna go the distance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, color me surprised. I did not see this coming. I don't think anybody did. But honestly, as more time goes on, I'm like, all right, guys, I guess it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're happy for Nick, Natalie, and Jeff. Welcome to the family, Jeff. And we'll probably see you guys like having some picnics in the near future. I know, I'm like, where is the white picket fence? Where is the 
Like, Natalie will be making, like, a casserole for dinner. I'm like, what are other, like, 1950s family tropes? She has, she has like, an apron. Nick comes home with his briefcase, puts it down, yeah. gives Jeff a big old hug. Yes. He calls him old sport. Yeah, old buddy, old pal. All right. <laughs> Moving <Okay>. on. <laughs> okay, so did Thomas just hint that he's going to propose to Becca? I don't know. Did he? So on Monday, he posted photos. He and Becca went to some sports game, football. It's the Rams, I guess. I don't know. Look it up yourself. So um, there's a picture of them from the back. He has Jacobs on his jersey, which is his last name, apparently. Didn't know that. Wow. News to me. (laughs) No one Yeah, right? Learn something new every day. She has her last name, Kufrin, on the back, and his caption is, we're on the same team, yet I'm coming for the back of that jersey, Becca. And tags her. The back of they're her jersey married, says Kufrin. Yeah. They're getting married. <gasps> wow. And, oh my God, she writes, pr- she writes, prove it. Ah! You need to see Jackie's face. Guys, right you heard now. it here first. Thomas and Becca are getting engaged. Wow. Okay. Caroline from Ari Season Captions. Okay. This caption's cute. And Caroline and Becca are really close friends. We do know that. Yeah. Someone wrote, tough caption, bro, bro. Best caption ever. Someone writes, yeah, change that name. Holy shit, this is happening. Wow. I really, once again, did not see this one going the distance. Happy for them. They do seem really happy and they do seem like a good match for each other. I just like, even though, even though I saw Thomas being really sincere about Becca, I just could not get past the like initial fuckboy vibes that I got from him. But I feel like he's been constantly proving that he's not that way. And this is kind of the last... Hurrah. See, I never even thought he was a fuckboy. I mean, what did he ever... I know we think that and we were told that. Nothing in his actions told me that he was fuckboy-ish. He was just really tall and good-looking. And that is a red flag in itself, people. I mean... It's just my own superficial judgment, snap judgments of seeing someone on TV. You're not in the minority, though. Everyone thinks, no, everyone thought he was a fuckboy. But, like, if you actually sit and think about, like, why do I think that? It's because ABC fed that narrative down your throat. Totally. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Um, no, he didn't. Especially the, and the whole drama with, like, Aaron um, on Katie season where he, it was like, yeah, I thought about maybe I'd be The Bachelor one day. And they're like, <gasps> how dare you? Yeah. Meanwhile, so. you all have and shut the hell up if you say otherwise. I know. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, seems pretty serious. Can't wait to see that rock. Hopefully, Neil will still give it, give him a free ring. I hope so. That's not really how it works. You don't just get no, to, like, it is not to. how it works. Well, because and her and Garrett did not make it two years, right? So she did not get to keep the ring from last time. Not that she would keep it, but I'm like, she could sell it, and then she'd have money to get a new ring. The <laughs> I think they're caliber. doing fine with money. I'm sure they're doing fine yeah. with money. I know, but. Okay. Moving on, last week we had Chris Bukowski on the podcast. We grilled him about potentially, you know, knocking boots with Anna Redman. He was very coy. But we told you guys that Anna posted on TikTok that she's having so much sex and so much intercourse. And the problem is her parents have TikTok and they saw the TikTok. So she posted a video of herself and it's the sound like, I'm not singing it, but like, I think about it every night and day. Mm-hmm. That's oh my god. Okay, recording artist Stephanie Parker. But I think about it every night and day. I, yeah, I, that was so good. Wow. I, did you think it was the song? Yeah, I did. 
<laughs> Copyright. So her caption is, when you forget that your parents have seen your TikTok, her caption under the video is, just got off a call with her parents and they said, mm. we know you've been having a lot of sex, Anna. We've seen your TikTok. I would literally, rest in peace, Stephanie Parker, like die. <laughs> no. But how did she forget that her parents I mean, yeah, I like, TikTok? hold up. How cool are your parents that they're on TikTok? Yeah. Like, TikTok is like not for parents. No, it's not. But then how could she not think that at some point they might see this? Anything you put out into the internet these days, kids, is out there forever. Yeah, I thought that was pretty bold <laughs> to say. Oh, like, yeah. Disclose. Just the way she said it, too. Like, I mean, you can have sex all you want, but... So much sex, so much intercourse, nonstop. <laughs> to know that your parents know that, like I, I would just simply never ever leave my house ever again. Yeah, very uh, cringe moments. Very but cringe, but you know what? At the end of the day, she's winning because she's having so much sex. Yeah, so, so good job, Anna. Good job. Okay. So last week we talked about how Taisha had a very abrupt exit from the Clickbait podcast and Bachelor Happy Hour. She took both of those out of her bio on Instagram and then there was not really any statement from her about why. This is what we were talking about in the podcast. Of course, literally the day we released the podcast, Taisha puts <laughs> out a statement. Yeah, thanks Taisha. So thanks for that, not going with our schedule. But so we were talking last week about how kind of sketchy this was. Why wouldn't she have like a bigger send off? Maybe there was some bad blood, kind of what was going on. We had even had an exclusive little tidbit that a friend of ours, Sarah Heron, who works at Us Weekly, was supposed to have an exclusive statement from Tasha about leaving the podcast. And then she never gave one. They didn't get the story. So something was a little fishy. Literally the day we released the podcast, Tasha has a quote unquote statement, but I wouldn't even call it a statement because it was a pre-recorded thing from Tasha that they played on the podcast. Guess who? It's me, Tasha. Dang it. I really miss saying that. Hi, guys. Um, I'm just stopping by just to say hi, but also just to really express my love and my gratitude to every single one of you before. Well, I just say goodbye for a little while. Um, I was really anticipating and looking forward to coming back to clickbait, but it just seems to be that time just to work on myself and the many things I have coming down the pipeline. But I wanted to express how much the love and support of all of our listeners has meant to me, especially those since day one who have helped us build clickbait from the bottom up. This podcast will hold such a special place in my heart. But i also just really excited to see where it goes. And I know that I'm leaving it in very, very capable hands. Joe, Natasha, and now Tia. I'm always going to be rooting for you guys. And I will definitely be listening. I mean, who knows? I might even stop by and say hello in the future. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you. And, um, you know, as I always say, when one door closes, another opens. And I'm actually really excited to share what's next. So keep following along because, honey, we're just getting started. Anyway, much love to all of you guys. We'll talk soon. Bye. I am 99.9% .9 certain that she wasn't going to do a statement. Joe's comments that she they wish her the best and that she's not coming back, that was going to mm -hmm. be it. And then when people like us and then Started like the backlash yeah. of the internet of like what the hell happened, they called her and they're like, Tasha, you need to record something. We need to put it in next episode. You have to. And that's why right. she did it. 100%. There's a big difference there. A huge difference. Yes. It, it's... 
further proving okay. our theory from last week that because like we had said last week not to get not to literally redo the episode but when Rachel left the podcasts there was a lot of bad blood very publicly about her feelings towards Bachelor Nation but they still had a like a send-off where Rachel came on and said you know thank you so much this has meant so much to me blah 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 and she really had a positive send-off despite all the drama that we all knew about so we don't know of any drama going on with Tasha yet Tasha just like radio silent, cut off, never said anything. And it w- wasn't until people started speculating that something happened that she sends in this half-assed pre-recorded goodbye. Right. So they probably, again, 99.9% sure they probably made her record that and send it in. But did they make her dance around her bathroom with a clickbait mug? I'm going to go out and say, yeah, they did. Because then later, she posted an Instagram story and she's just dancing in her bathroom mirror and she's drinking coffee or whatever she's drinking and the clickbait, it's it's a clickbait mug and it's facing the camera. Yeah, it's like very obviously placed so that you can see the full clickbait, like both words. Um, see, I almost read it as this is Tasha giving like a little wink like there's more to the story guys, like haha, hee hee. I don't think they made her do that. I think this was her being like, look at me now, clickbait. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's working on herself. She's working on, you know, getting her life back in order. She's obviously going through a time after splitting from Zach. Ironically, though, both Tasha and Zach recently posted about exercising to release anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. So Tasha posted um, a story on Monday where she's saying, like, she's doing, like, stretches and... I guess, yoga slash meditation. And she said it's been really helping with her um, mental health. And then Zach put on his story at a post at the gym and he said that it's underutilized therapy. So he's seeing it as therapy. So I thought that was interesting that they both kind of are resorting to the same thing. And maybe, guys, that means you should just get back together because... Well, yeah, I was about to say they both seem to be struggling. I think sometimes in breakups, it's like one person is really struggling and the other one's like so moved on usually the person who did the breaking up with but they both seem to be really struggling and like having a hard time with this so maybe that's a sign you just shouldn't do it just kidding i don't know okay roses are red violets are blue we love shaved balls how about you if you are looking for something to get the man in your life for valentine's day and are struggling to come up with something i need to tell you guys about manscaped they have a huge range of men's grooming products like body trimmers, nose and ear hair trimmers, cologne-infused body wash, shampoos, conditioners, and so much more. But I think the best product from this company is their ball deodorant, which I get may be an odd gift to get your man, but trust me, men want this. They need this. And they also have other products like anti-chafing boxers, ball spray toner, and ball wipes. Basically everything you need to make sure your man is fully groomed from top to bottom and ready to have a romantic night with you on Valentine's Day. Yes. So your man's balls are going to shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Let's be honest. And that's exactly what you want for Valentine's Day, right? So let's get Manscaped for Valentine's Day for our men. Let's all agree. Jackie, we're in? Yeah. Oh, I'm so in. Okay. Also, if you're not fully sold yet, these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, like free of everything bad that you don't want. And you know that his balls are in good hands. So give him the gift that will also benefit you this year and try Manscaped. Use code She's All Batch for 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. That's She's All Batch for 20% off 
plus free shipping. Okay. So Valentine's day just so happens to fall on a Monday, which means it's also going to be when the bachelor is airing. And obviously that means you'll need some roses. We've told you guys how much we love palm flowers because they are the highest quality flowers out there. Like the arrangements are so gorgeous and so big. You are going to love them. And the thing with palm is that they only grow the absolute highest quality roses straight from the farm. So once they're sold out, that's it. So get them while they're hot. And I'm obsessed with the fact that you can pre-order flowers ahead of time. So you can literally place your order today and schedule it to arrive just in time for Valentine's day. And I recommend you do that because you can use our code batch 10 for 10% off your entire order. Just go to pompflowers.com, P-O-M-P flowers.com and use code batch 10 for 10% off B-A-C-H 10. All right. So we are going to move on to Clayton's corner and we have some special guests in the corner this week. We have Chad Colchin and Lizzie Pace, who are the hosts of Game of Roses and also the authors of How to Win the Bachelor. We are so pumped to have you guys. Thank you for coming on. Hello. Thank you for for having having us. us. We're pumped to be here. I love to be in a corner. Yes, we were all in the corner huddled together. (laughs) Um, well, it has been a very interesting season thus far. What have you guys thought of the season overall before we get into specifics of things in this episode? I personally have loved it. I mm-hmm. feel like it is extremely entertaining. I thought the episode last night was extremely entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. I also have loved it. I think it is at least an attempt to return to the Bachelor of Yore. We've got international travel. We're back in the mansion. It's the first season really shot out of the bubble season. For me personally, it's probably the most important season in the history of the show because it's the first one that I have (laughs) players that I've trained who are now in the game and playing. Who have you trained? Yes. Well, that obviously I can never say. That'll always be up to the players if they Mm. ever want to reveal it. So there's more than one is what you're saying, because I've heard the rumor that there's one, two. Okay, you don't have to say it's fine. I'm not saying anything except (laughs) that there are players that have been trained through the casting process, through the process of the game, and that uh, will very likely be on Paradise as well. I have theories on but I don't think this is the forum for that. Um, I feel like that was a lot of information. (laughs) You're saying they're not a ring winner. Oh, yeah. I Well, there can only be one ring winner. So, you know, just for those listening who may not know. Um, so they released the book and they're in Chad is implying that some of the girls from Clayton season perhaps have read it, been trained on how to win The Bachelor. Um, I guess it's up for debate who read it prior to yeah. going on. The I mean, season. I'm not even saying that they have I mean, things in the book have been used to train these players. But I'm talking about like one-on-one weekly coaching okay. sessions for six months prior to them going into the game. You helping did that? them, yes, helping them get uh, casts, helping them come up with strategies for entire season-long runs, oh, and so then awesome. even postseason runs, social media strategies, scripts for what they may or may not say on the women tell all things of that nature. Wow. So when you say win The Bachelor, though, obviously you kind of implied they might be in paradise. So when you say win, you don't necessarily mean the person who ends up with the lead. What do you define as winning? I I mean, for me, it's whatever you want out of the game. Do you want marriage and kids? Then that means you have to win the ring Mm -hmm. or at least in some capacity, you have to win it, even if you're the second choice like Ari Leondyke did or, uh, you know, Jason Mesick did. But That's one form of winning, obviously winning the crown, becoming the next bachelorette. That is a form of winning. 
or potentially just going to paradise and getting your numbers up to 100k plus so that you can sell spawn con for a little while that's also a form of winning and i try to tailor uh strategies and coaching to fit whatever a player might want out of the game that's so cool oh my gosh i love that yeah some of them maybe you even want artistic expression which some of them you know <laughs> might be uh doing an experimental strategy to try to create art out of their performance in game you yeah. know it's to each his own, but we mm -hmm. tend to focus on social media followers as the marker for your success in the game. Okay. Well, so what did you guys think of last night's episode? Obviously it was a huge shocker. Well, not really a huge shocker, but he kept uh Shanae over Elizabeth. He didn't keep anyone. The producers made that choice. Right. He, he doesn't make those decisions. Um so it's like, you know, the players will get mad or, or whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And today he came out with this apology, which is also kind of like he understands, I think, uh, publicly the fourth audience, which is us. That's what we define as like the people watching at home. He mm -hmm. understands that there's some backlash for his perceived choice. So now he has to issue a perceived apology. But the producers for sure made that choice. But why do you think they got rid of Elizabeth? That's where I was surprised is that I thought that was going to be our two on one. And I feel like this whole shrimp gate thing has been so entertaining, at least for me mm. personally, to just get rid of her so quickly. That's where I was surprised that, that he wouldn't keep both of them to continue this on for like two more episodes. The producers knew she's too subdued. She's very level headed and tries to diffuse every situation, whereas Genevieve yeah, that's does true. not. She gets very agitated <laughs> very quickly. That is the, they want to pit their villain against the person who's going to give the greatest fight in whatever that two-on-one is. It is not Elizabeth. She gets removed. Genevieve gets slotted into the rival position. That will be your two-on-one. It's interesting what Elizabeth is doing on social media though, too. She is making a big push for an Elizabeth comeback at Women Tell All. She made a TikTok and it's like, I guess like a bachelorette promo, she's like roses yeah. are falling and she says, uh, it's not good. Bye. It's see you later. Like that's like a little thirsty. If you ask me for someone who's going home week three bachelorette, shoot your shot. Yeah, <laughs> and, I guess. And, right. Yeah. Manifest it out there. <laughs> she also, I don't know if she's going hardcore for like a real bachelorette possibility. I think she's just mainly saying like, I'll still be in the game. She's looking right. at a paradise run to see how deep she can get. And after we've seen what grocery jo grocery store Joe can do, this is a night one guy who now has mm -hmm. over a million followers, two successful paradise deep runs. And he's the host of the one of the company podcasts. The best sauce in the yes, world. So have you tried it? <laughs> I have. Oh my God. <laughs> What's the review? What's uh, the review? Chad bought it and found out it had animal product in it. So he gave it to me and I tasted it. It was good. I haven't had it on something. I just <laughs> scooped it out of the jar like a sociopath yeah but <laughs> i enjoyed it <laughs> oh my gosh the spicy marinara nice <laughs> with clayton's apology he must have gotten like a crazy amount of hate because he's like you know i should have i'll do better i should have known better i didn't know but like you're saying chad like obviously he didn't make the choice obviously producers told him to keep shanae so for him to even have to apologize i thought was kind of lame like yes we think that Shanae what she's doing isn't kind like making mm. fun of Elizabeth but like I don't know Clayton didn't know that so why should he have to even apologize for that that seemed weird to me I think Clayton needs to stop reading the comments like yeah, <laughs> I think number fair. one job as a lead you can't be reading all this stuff it's not good for your mental health it comes with the territory you're gonna get hate from people no matter what you do and I would just try to 
try to avoid reading what people are saying at all. If I were Clayton, yeah. I'm very surprised he apologized. Right. Like why? I think it's about the 4TRR-ness of it. It's very much like pro wrestling. Pro wrestling has this term called kayfabe, which is like keeping it real, basically, that you're pretending these characters are real, and some wrestlers do, and some wrestlers will break that fourth wall. Most of the wrestling audience knows it's all scripted and it's all fake. The Bachelor is right now in an interesting time where I feel like that portion of the audience is actually growing. Most of us know this is pro wrestling, that all this is just set up by producers, that the lead chooses one person basically on night one, they're going to win the ring, and all the rest of it is just how the producers can organize it. But I think Clayton had an interesting opportunity here to come out and do that and be like, listen, everybody who's sending me hate messages, this is just pro wrestling. You need to (laughs) understand that and move on. But instead, he didn't. He upheld the kayfabe. He upheld the 4TRR. I made this choice. I apologize for it. I didn't see what's going on and I'll try to be better moving forward. So I think he's doing essentially a good company man play here so that potentially the producers will help him in the future, help protect him, even though it doesn't seem like they are this season at all. Yeah. For our <laughs> listeners who don't know for TRR, give us uh, definitions. Or TRR is the primary rule of the game of The Bachelor, which is that you have to be there for the right reasons. <laughs> so the right reasons are you're going on the show for love, that any sort of fame or money or podcasts or anything that comes after it, that's all just like happenstance. But your main purpose is to seek a loving relationship with the lead. God. And you basically have to maintain this the whole time. If you get accused of being 40 WR, <laughs> not good for your game. Do you think Clayton is actually 40 RR though? No one is 100% 40 RR. I mean, he has an Instagram account with over 100,000 followers right now. Delete that if it's not about Instagram to you. That's fair. You know, yeah. like every one of these players will definitely indulge monetizing their fame that is a result of appearing on the show. So at the very least, they have some interest in a 4TWR purpose. Um, Does he really want to get married and have kids? Yes, I think so. But we also aren't saying that those two things are mutually exclusive. Right. You can go on the show. You can find love, get married, have kids, Sean Lowe, Catherine Giudici. I mean, many, many, not many, but like enough players many. have that it's a, <laughs> many it's a yeah, it's a possible outcome. But all those players also are huge social media influencers. Look at the Lion Dykes. They have a, a full family, three kids. They've been married. They seem very happy. They're also making millions of dollars monetizing not only their own Instagrams, but their fetuses Instagrams. <laughs> Alessi Lion Dyke had 350,000 followers the yeah. day she was born. And she had already sold a bunch of SpawnCon before that. So that really a is dream. a part of this. <laughs> it is a dream. the American dream. Um, you guys, I guess, might be a bit biased if you have or have not coached some of these players. But who right now is your strongest four? Who do you think is making it to hometowns? Well, we did. We did a top four. I'm not. I'm not spoiled. We did a top four prediction based on Instagram. I've been slightly amending it. We had, mm. I had Susie Evans <laughs> in there. Okay. <laughs> Who else did I have? Eliza Izishi. Mm-hmm. I had, oh, Sarah Hamrick. And the fourth one, I actually picked someone who didn't even make it on the show. So I've been editing that one. I'm going well, Gabby Rachel. Wendy. I mean, they couldn't make it more obvious. Like I, I have an issue when people start talking about a character on the show before they even get yeah screen time and I'm like why is everyone so obsessed with this person like it's the people that 
I don't, we're not spoiled. We don't spoil on this podcast, but like Rachel's going far because she's getting so much. People are talking about her. She's growing on Instagram. Why would she be growing on Instagram so rapidly if she was going to be going home next episode? And the date was like, I, I felt like if my parents were with me, I would have felt uncomfortable. Like the sexual chemistry between those two was like a little X rated for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little too much. Her date last night solidified for me that I think Clayton picks her or wants to pick her and something horrible happens where he ends up with no one. I think that's also um, a possibility. I think that's what happens. I mean, we've already seen in the the promo, he tells the two finalists that he had sex with them both. They're both going to be horribly victimized. And I think at that point, it's going to be a crown off which one of them is going to get the crown because they're both immediately going to flip that switch in their head and be like, oh, shit, this is I couldn't have asked for a better circumstance to now move straight into crownship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would guess Rachel Recchia ring winner Susie Evans next bachelorette. That, if I, yeah, that I think is, that's my guess as well. Everyone's saying that. And if that is like I, I'm kind of bored of that because I feel like to know that so early on, like, I would love if there was like a surprise in a couple of weeks, like someone coming out of the woodwork that we didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. So if it's like Susie, the bachelorette, like, okay. We, Heather ever, Martin comes back, that. steals the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Sally. Oh, I Sally. I don't get why they don't start doing that, though, because like, I don't get why they're not starting to lean towards like giving the people that are going very far, like not intro packages and not all of this music so that we actually are surprised at the end. But um, well, well, I mean, they do do that. The, usually in the beginning of a season, they have seven to eight intro packages and mm-hmm. you'll see a couple of people who make it yeah. into hometowns and playoffs. Yeah. And then you'll see a bunch of people who don't. And you, every once in a while, we'll see a, an intro package of a night one player. That's true. Um, yeah. It's well, grocery store Joe had a package, and that's what made him grocery store Joe because we saw his yeah, grocery store. Exactly. But I think it's they're they're attempting right now to bury Susie Evans. She's in almost none of the show, and I think they're attempting to do that to hide her because she's going to dominate the entire show once you get into playoffs. Uh, you know, it's a, we constantly are thinking about like, why are they showing us what they're showing? What is in this edit? What are they leaving out when they don't give villains a thing we call PTCs, personal tragedy cards, which is where the player will talk about some past trauma and how it shaped them and made them raise walls or whatever the case might be. <laughs> like, you're not going to see Shanae get that very likely. And right. if she does, mm-hmm. it's going to be on that two on one and it's going to be played against Genevieve's two on one or against her PTC. Sorry. So, uh, you know, we're we're always very interested in the edits and who we're seeing and why we're seeing them at what times and just really looking at how the producers are building the narrative of the show, the kind of false narrative in many cases. I wouldn't be surprised if Shanae has played a PTC off screen to Clayton to deepen that relationship, to make it make more sense that maybe he's forklifting her up onto the bar. Yeah, I did write that note down because I'm like, how does this end up the way it does, but I think you might be right. So what did we think of the Rachel Clayton one-on-one? Something that stood out to me was like the fact that he literally asked for her last name was just so comical to me because like, usually it's very surface level. Like I'm looking forward to getting to know you instead of actually getting to know them. So the fact that he's like, what's your last name? It was just, oh, getting somewhere, Clayton. I kind of liked, I mean, you called it like the X-rated chemistry game of it, but I kind of liked it. It felt real life where he's like, do you do anything that's not hot? I don't feel like we see bachelors say stuff like that. He has like major boner for Rachel, for sure. Yeah. And she got, you know, one of the weirdest one-on-ones, which is the uh, (laughs) thing 
Lizzie coined this term, the bystander banquet, which is when mm-hmm. the lead and the, the player on the one-on-one will just encounter some family or group of people and then be forced to dine with complete strangers. Yeah. We looked up later. Uh, it's those people actually own a barbecue restaurant in Houston. So oh, okay. they apparently were slotted in, but they got no promotional consideration. The name of their restaurant is never in the show at all. Maybe it was in the credits and I didn't see it, but they're just presented to you as some strange family out in the forest cooking some meat and that are like, oh, hey, come on, come come dine with us after you finish your horse ride. And the stranger's like, so do you feel a connection with Clayton? Like, why does the stranger yeah. care? <laughs> exactly. They don't. She was an excellent bystander prying. How many yeah. kids do you want? I love How when it's like the him? old love, love couple there and they're like the old couple taught us about the, the secret to marriage. And there just happens to be the couple there waiting to give advice. Like, I can't. Who do we think wrote the line? I'll never dim your light. It wasn't Clayton. That wasn't his line. Like it was a, pr- a strange line. You usually don't really see any lines during the private concert. Usually... They have the dinner. Usually you give the rose at the end of the dinner after they've played their PTC. Then you go to the private concert. We've been seeing something this season where he's doing this weird little rose ceremony in the middle of the private concert. (laughs) And then we heard dialogue from him when usually that portion is just making out. They're playing around. They're experimenting. If he really likes her, if it is for TRR, I could see him coming up with that line. Wanting to say something poetic and romantic in that moment. Uh, And the whispering. Do they think that if they're whispering, I mean, Clayton probably knows better, but Rachel may not. Does she think if she's whispering, like the producers and the camera people can't hear her because she whispered a lot? Yes, I I, I think that is how it works. I mean, we saw on BIP seven with Brenda Marais and Piper James, they come in and they're whispering to each other about their Instagram plans and their different strategies. And I think they thought because they were off camera and they were whispering this footage would not be available for the producers to cut to make them look like the most heinous villains of all time. And obviously that was not true. A good lesson for any prospective player is as soon as the car comes and picks you up to take you to the airport or the hotel to start sequestering you before night one, as soon as that happens, you are in the game. You are playing the game. Everything you say and do is being recorded and it can be used in any way the producers want. In the contract that they sign, it says you forfeit your civil rights. That phrase is in the contract. So it is. That, yes, insane. that has to be known going into this game that once you're behind that wall, you're fucking behind it and anything goes. So you have to be very careful about what you say, obviously. Not that they said anything in, on this date specifically that was uh, bad in any way. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing, though, because it felt. But that's what made me think that him and Rachel really have something kind of genuine because you could tell the cameras were so far away that I'm like, Oh no, they really do feel like they are alone on the dock right now. Having a little moment. The camera is 50 feet away. Yeah. I don't know. Any, any other like final thoughts, um, amazing plays, things you guys want to mention from this episode. I mean, I always like the intersection of the NFL and the bachelor because we do view the the bachelor as a professional sport that is very linked to the NFL. Obviously Jesse Palmer, Mm -hmm. the current host was a NFL quarterback. He was a bachelor in season five. There are all kinds of football references and football games. And to see now that the show is embracing it in such a way that they gave us a little montage, like history of football in the bachelor. They even had a logo on their screen, bachelor nation sports. They made a logo for it when they were doing that football game. 
I mean, we now must accept the show itself accepts that this is a professional sport. So I believe everyone watching the show has to accept that as well. And we do get some pushback when we talk about like winning The Bachelor or that it's a sport. Some people are like offended by that. It's like, no, this is a this is how people find love, which is obviously not true. Um, so I my biggest takeaway from last night's episode was exactly that, that the show itself now is fully embracing. This is a sport. Shanae literally said that she's winning. Yeah. But and then they get penalized for that. That kind of gameplay villain, that's one style of villain, obviously. I mean, we were talking about this on our show, but I feel like what the current game is, is everyone's playing it and you're trying to attack other people for playing it in a more overt way than you are. That's how you levy a 40WR for the wrong reasons attack. She's playing a game, she's not here for the right reasons. Meanwhile, you're sitting there in Sierra's case with two other players strategizing how you're going to do a team attack against that player <laughs> to get her kicked off. But as long as you can do that in a way that is not presented by the producers as 4TWR, you will be successful. And that really is what the game is. It's, it's now, anyway, in the contemporary era. It's walking that razor's edge between being believably not 4TWR while doing 4TWR actions. It's also blaming players often for things that are obviously the producers doing. The producers are setting Shanae up with the shrimp. They're giving her shrimp at the tailgate party. Even yeah. they are hyping that up. They are setting her up to be the interloper who crashes the after party that she didn't win on the play for time. Like, and then people are blaming her and Clayton is like, well, you lost. How could you be here? And it's like, right. how did she know where it was? <laughs> Who drove her there? Crystal, obviously on Ari season, it's literally the exact same scene. And she shows up and the girls are mad that mm. she's there and she didn't win. And like, yeah, how did she know? Who drove her there? Like, obviously they, this is all planned. Yes. Yeah, Shanae and- reminded me a lot of Crystal Nielsen in her play last night, uh, yeah. including making, doing all of these very bombastic lines and big gestures in her ITMs where it's like glitter. That's what Crystal mm-hmm. Nielsen did. And Shanae's like mic drop. And it's like these things that are easily turned into memes and gifts, which I, I love when players do that. I think that's what you want. That's how you get the screen time. Totally. Well, cool. Can you guys tell us a little bit about your book and where people can find you guys? Our book is called How to Win the Bachelor. It is not only a guide for any prospective player who wants to get into the game that breaks down every component of the game, all the different circumstances that you're statistically most likely to find yourself in and how you should react to maximize your screen time, your Instagram. It's all of that. But it also is, uh, I think, a very eye-opening look at the history of the game. And it shows anybody who's even just like a casual Bachelor fan a completely new way to watch this show that I think is like far more engaged. It's, I mean, I used to watch this show casually. So did Lizzie. Now, after we've done all this shit, after we've gone through a hyper binge and written this book, it's like, I just see it. It's almost like the Matrix. I just see numbers scrolling down the screen now. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Uh, but you can find that anywhere you get your books. Again, it's called How to Win the Bachelor. And you can listen to our podcast, Game of Roses, where we break down uh, every game every week in real sports format. Uh, you can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. And we also recorded the audio version of the book. If you are a <laughs> audio book, I reader, ordered it. I'm so excited. I often am. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Go check out. Game of Roses, obviously run to Amazon now, get this book. And we are so pumped that you guys were able to come on and we'll be going on Game of Roses to chat with you over there. So we're looking forward to that as well. Yeah, we can't wait to have you. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you.
All right. Bye guys. All right. Bye. bye. Okay. So I was creeping the other day on Ashley I's Instagram page, and I saw her talking about this company Invisaware, which basically is a line of stylish and discreet safety accessories that you wear, and it can send an SOS alert to up to five loved ones, along with your exact GPS location. So I looked into it more, and basically these accessories look like everyday accessories, but they're actually safety devices. So they have bracelets, necklaces, keychains, fitness bands, and scrunchies that all have the ability to call for help if you're ever in a scary situation, and no one will know that you're calling for help. Yeah, I love this product so much. Like I I walk alone in the city. I take the subway at night sometimes and having this with me just gives me peace of mind. I already share my location with family members or friends when they know I'm going to be out late or, or doing whatever. And this is just another layer of protection and a way you can you know, safely call for help when you need to. Yeah. And obviously we want everyone to be safe and stay safe. So please check out invisaware.com. You can get 10% off your order. If you use code, she's all batch. It is a discreet way to call for help without anyone knowing you have that peace of mind that you need and want even just to feel comfortable. So it's definitely a product worth checking out again. That's invisaware.com 10% off. If you use code, she's all batch. So we're going to kick off Bachelor Encounters. And if you're new here, that's when you guys submit your stories with Bachelor alum in the wild and we share them here on air. So before we get to this story, I, we just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a backstory. There was a viral video on TikTok. You've seen it. It The last I checked, it had over like 2.5 million views. Yeah. And so this TikTok has two point, yeah, it has 2.9 million views as of right now. So I'm sure by the time this podcast is released, it will have over 3 million, which is just crazy. And it, so the first TikTok she posted was when a contestant from the bachelorette brings you and your bestie out to Vegas, but you refuse to sleep with him. So he cancels your reservations and blocks you on everything. And now we have to pack to drive six hours back home. Obviously the internet blew up. People are speculating who is it, who is it, who is it? Then she posts a following TikTok that says, met up with a contestant from The Bachelorette only for him to block me for not being submissive and sleeping with him the first night. Here are some recordings of that conversation. And so then she has a recording. The camera's facing her the entire time. And it's just a conversation back and forth of like, I don't care about that. It's more so the understanding of the power dynamic. That's what's sexy to me. For we me, don't give a fuck what's sexy to you. Oh, I care about every other guy. My dynamic with her is my dynamic with her. And if I told her to do something, then I want her to do it because I told her to do it. So what if she tells you to do something? Are you going to do it? No. Because she, she wants you to do it. But she should do everything that you say she should do because you're a man. No, right? No, it's not because I'm a man, but it's because it's the dynamic of our relationship. What but who says it's the dynamic? The one thing to note about the video is that the, the camera's facing her the entire time, I guess to not make it obvious that she's recording him, but in the reflection <laughs> of the mirror behind her, you can see like a blurry-ish silhouette of who this man could be. So obviously the internet was freaking out. Who is this? Like, what is the whole story here? What is going on? And she's all batch has the exclusive these girls called into the podcast and explained who it was and how this all came to be and what exactly happened. So keep listening. Please welcome <laughs> Taylor and Lene. Thank you guys for calling in. Yeah, of course. Hi, it's nice to be here. 
Um, I'm Lene. This is Taylor. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to share this story and kind of, you know, give a lot more details because not a lot of people know exactly what went on. Yeah. No one, I feel like everyone wants both sides of the story, but, um, so pretty much back on January 8th, I get a DM from the one and only Christian Bishop. He asked me, um, well, Jojo first, season, Jojo season. Yes. Um, it was season 12 and I saw that he was verified. So I was like, I'm going to look him up, see where he's from. Like how, do, how, who is this guy and how does he, how did he find me? So we looked him up. We saw that he was from the bachelor, but like, it was never verbally communicated between the two of us that I knew that he was on the show before. And he offered to, you know, take us out for a weekend in Vegas and, kind of tour around town. And I was like, yeah, I would love to do that and get to know you, but I would feel safer if I had my best friend with me. So I have two questions. First one is when he slid into your DMs, what did he initially say? Like, how did this conversation start? And then second question. So you went to meet him in Vegas. Where were you coming from? Are you nearby or was this some sort of like long journey? He DM'd me and he was like, "Um, I'm in Vegas. I live out here. And I see you were just visiting here. Um, You should come back soon and meet me kind of thing. He first started off and was like, hey, hey, Lene, with like a heart eye emoji. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, he's verified. He must be normal or like, I don't know, not normal. But um, so yeah, I looked him up. He seemed really chill. We came from Salt Lake City, Utah. So it was like a six hour drive. He had actually insisted that we fly and he wanted to pay for it, but we didn't feel comfortable not having a car. So we actually insisted that we drive there instead. Um, okay. So oh, okay. he sent her gas money for that. So we did actually drive there. But yeah, he insisted that the whole weekend would be on him. There was definitely some red flags. We will tell you that. Um, Can you say what they were? Yeah, let's yeah, get sorry. to those. So he would ask me for nudes and I would say oh. no. <laughs> mm, okay. I, he would ask for full nudes and I would say no. Um, if you're expecting to see me fully naked before you've even met me in person, like I said, you have got the wrong girl. And he was like, that's fine. Like, I don't want to disrespect you at all. Like, I don't want to do anything that would disrespect you. So that's fine. We, so I was fully under the impression that he knew I was coming out there and sex was off the table. He also like, asked me and her to hook up yeah. as well. He asked, he's like, are you into girls? And I said, wait, 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 hold on. I'm like, there's, we need to organize this because this is going to be messy. Um, I know there's a lot to unpack here. So from what I'm gathering, he messaged you. He offers to bring you out to Vegas. Mm-hmm. How, how soon do you go? Can I ask one more question about that messaging too? Were you in Vegas previously and like had tagged yourself somewhere there, which is why he reached out to you? Like, how did he find you? Not since September. So back in September, me, her, and one other girl, we went out to Vegas just for like our spontaneous girls weekend. Um, That's creepy as fuck though, that he's literally looking at the locations and going that far back. And he was like, I'm in Vegas. Um, I live here. I saw you were just here. Like, you should come back. Like, when are you going to come back? And I was like, well, it's a six hour drive. Like I don't have plans to go to Vegas anytime soon. And it's really hard to buy flights with work and all like schedules. It's just, so yeah, he, I think was definitely looking at like the Vegas location, maybe just like looking for a girl to find. And that's why I was so confused. Cause I'm just like an average girl, just living my life out here in Utah. And he was so persistent about getting me out there. And I was like, why is he, maybe he actually is trying to get to know me because I've made it so freaking clear 
that I don't want to have sex. I don't want to send nudes. Um, I'm not that type of girl. So like, I want to stray away from any idea that he would have of that. And then he still was adamant about me coming out there and still paying for me and taking a friend. So I was like, wow, this guy might be genuine. Okay. So you're in Vegas now. Yeah. Where does he pick you up or no, you drove. So where did this all take place? So we drove to Vegas. We stayed in a pretty nice hotel. He, um, we got valet parking. He met us in the lobby. It wasn't sketchy. We went up to the room. Um, we started to get ready for the night and we were kind of pre-gaming and getting to know him and his friend. So it was just Taylor and I, and then him and his friend, just the four of us in the room, um, chit-chatting and stuff. And he had said something super weird, actually pretty right off the bat. I would yeah. say about 15 minutes in, he turned to me. Um, and he said, I blame you for the fact that Lene did not send me nudes. <laughs> oh my oh, God. <laughs> Casual. So what'd you say? I did tell her that, but at the same time, like Lene is fully capable of making decisions on her own. And she was like, yeah, "Yeah, I I decided not to do that. My best friend doesn't need to tell me, Hey, don't send this guy a nude. Okay. You know, how old are you guys? 23 and 24. How old is he? He's 32. Okay. Yeah. So if that says anything that he's like still willing to pay for girls to come out and then just treat us like that. Okay. So you guys are in the room pre-gaming chit-chatting then what? Um, so if we're going to get, should I just get full in the, should I tell yeah. him what, then what they, yeah. so, you know, Taylor's hanging out with the friend talking, I'm curling my hair, getting ready. And he comes in and, um, he, he was like, yeah, you didn't fulfill your end of the deal. Like, where's my content? And I was just like, like, I told you, like, that's not me. I've made it super clear, you know? Um, and he was like, well, now that you're here, like, if you're not going to send me nudes, why don't you suck my dick? <gasps> yeah. And oh I literally said to him, when am I going to even do that? Like, I'm with my best friend. Like, yeah, like this is a group setting, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, geez. exactly. Like, I'm not going to leave her side. And I told him kind of that, like, before we even went down there, I was like, me and Taylor are super excited. And he came back at me with, Mm, I think like, I don't really know where your intentions are. I don't know if I should treat you like a friend or if someone I'm interested in dating. And I'm like, well, that's what we're going to figure out this weekend. Like we could hang out as a group of friends, get to know each other vibe, like see where it goes. Yeah. So you said all of this, right? So it's like pretty clear, like where you are standing in the situation. Very, yeah, very, very yeah. So yeah. what did you say when he asked you to suck his dick? I just said like straight up, no, like, that's not me. I'm not going to sleep with you. You knew sex was off the table. I'm with my best friend. Like well, there's other people in the other room. Like it just, I just met you 15 minutes ago. Like it was just giving me anxiety. And yeah, from there I was just like, Ooh, big red flag too. Yeah. So when, so then there's video, this viral video that you made, um, which has the last I checked over like 1.2 million views in yeah. 24 hours is very impressive. Um, the video is you guys both basically kind of yelling at him while he tells yeah. you that you should basically obey his wishes. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's go there. Okay. Take us from that time. So that was after we had gone out. And actually, while we were out, he was making comments about the fact that he can get any girl he wants, that mm-hmm. he slept with hundreds of girls. So he doesn't even need sex from either one of us, all this stuff. Um, so we actually just had a good night. We went to a club. We go back. <laughs> Who just like casually says that though? And then you just like move That's on with I'm your saying, night. Like, 
you're 32 years old and you're just like bragging about the fact that you've slept with hundreds of women on the first night that I met you. And like, you think I want to really stay, like, you think I want to do anything with you from this point on? It's just, and like, you're bragging about sleeping with hundreds of women, but like, he literally has to fly people out and like pay for yeah. shit. Complete strangers, complete right. strangers that have made it clear that they don't want to sleep with yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. He's probably never had someone reject him like this. So he's not used to it. Yeah. But we ended up going back to the room and we had all been drinking. So I don't exactly remember how the conversation started, but, um, I just remember pretty much what you see in the video, him just saying that he wants Lene to do exactly what he tells her just because he told her to do it. And at one point I actually started bawling my eyes out because I was like, so heartbroken seeing like, just how like he was completely disrespecting my best friend. And I know for me, like it's, it's one thing when a guy disrespects me, but when I see it happening to my best friend, it's like a whole nother level. Um, and so that's why I was just like yelling at him. And it was actually super interesting because the whole conversation, he was kind of talking to me about it. Like he was trying to convince her best friend. He didn't even really care that she was sitting right there because what did he think? Like you were just going to go in the closet while he has sex with her. Like, yeah. yeah. What was he? I don't, we don't know what he was expecting, but I was being pretty like blunt and straight up. And I was like, okay, clearly you're super dominant. And like, that's fine. I love a dominant guy, but like you and how you want me to be submissive to to you and like pretty much be a slave to you. Like, that's not me. That's fine. Let's just be done. We don't have chemistry. Let's just cut it off and be done with it. And he kept like trying to have a conversation, trying to have a conversation and like convince my best friend his side of the story and like his thought process. And I was just straight up like, dude, like we don't care. Like this is not going anywhere. I'm done. Like I, I was just, so, I was so mad. Was, what like we is his thought process though? Just like you guys came out here. So have sex with me. Like, I don't get what, what he was trying to say. I think he honestly saw it as like a challenge. Once yeah. Lene said everything was off of the table. I think in his head, he was like, Oh, watch, you know, let's see okay. what happens. Like, let me yeah. see how good I can treat these girls and see if they'll fall for it. And yeah. we didn't. So we were forced to, um, like we said, our, we woke up on Saturday morning. Um, our reservation for Saturday night had been canceled. He told them we had COVID. Yeah. So he got a full refund Wait, on everything. Conf- I'm confused where we are now. So, so okay, <laughs> let's, let's rewind. We're going to rewind. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Back up. You you're yelling at him. You're telling him no. Yeah. After that video that we saw after mm-hmm. that moment ends, does he leave the room he or do you guys all sleep? in the middle of the conversation yeah he leaves he he just grabs his backpack he's over it we're not getting anywhere with him he just leaves and so we just go to bed and in the morning um Lenny looks at her her email and there's an email saying that your reservation has been canceled and it's been fully refunded your hotel your hotel yeah our hotel reservation oh because he's like I'm not paying for these girls anymore yeah Yeah, exactly. exactly and he like didn't text me I didn't hear from him or anything. Um, and then I looked it up on Instagram and I was blocked. And I'm like, he blocked me? What a, what a loser. loser. <laughs> yeah. I was just shocked. And um, we didn't really know what to expect. So that's just like such insanity. And I can't help but wonder like how many other people he does this to. Because it seems like it's like a, a routine thing. It's like, okay, bring them in. Like we have the hotel. Oh, they're not going to do what I want. Immediately canceled. Like immediately exactly. gone. 
he cancels your reservation. You guys head home. You then make the video and put it on TikTok. Well, so-, so we, we, he canceled our reservation. This is what happened. And we went down to the front desk and we were just like, Hey, we had a reservation for tonight. Um, I got an email that it has been canceled. We want to know what's going on with that. And the guy pulls it up and he says, Oh yeah, it looks like uh, someone called in and said that you guys have COVID. So it was just fully refunded, like no fees, no charges. And I was like, I just came down from one of your rooms. I don't have COVID. Like I'm staying in this room tonight. So we happened to just like buy our own room, have a girl's trip for the rest of the weekend. And then we drove home today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Taylor made that TikTok. And I we... made that. I was just very mad. And I see how people were confused thinking it was me because I'm the best friend that posted it. But I was just thinking like, I was so mad about the situation and we had had the conversation on recording. And so I just posted it. What made you think to record it? And like, you even got the reflection. Was that strategic? Me and her were both recording that conversation with Christian at the exact same time in the hotel room without knowing, without even knowing we were both recording it on like our Snapchat. We were both just so uncomfortable and we both knew how ridiculous the conversation was that we both Mm -hmm. just felt the need to record it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a safety thing too. Like, I don't know. It's just like a vulnerable situation. You guys are in there and someone's like mad at you yelling. Like you just don't know. Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, I posted that yesterday and I woke up this morning to a text from him and he said, really Tay? And then he posted a link to the Nevada recording laws with like, which is so funny because that means, cause so my best friend's a lawyer and he sent her the Nevada, like audio recording consent laws. And it literally says in, in the law that, um, as long as one person consents, which you have that, um, it's lawful. Yeah. Right not unlawful. Yeah. It's yeah. lawful. So the fact that he sent it to you as if like, he must just read it and not, not know what he's reading, I guess, thinking that he has something on you, but he doesn't. And- right. Yeah, yeah. I think he did it just to scare me. And it was like, yeah. that's kind of why for a minute, I'm like, I don't know if I should expose him because I don't know if he's going to like try to come after me. But I'm like, if, if we're not lying about anything and we're just telling our story and actually how it was, then, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. So, Mm -hmm. so he said, he sent you the Nevada laws. What, um, what was the conversation? Any contact after? No, as soon as he sent that, I just immediately blocked him because me and her both just realized like, it's not going anywhere. And he was telling us that we were being super disrespectful and we don't really understand how we were like, just for, because Lene set boundaries and because I guess apparently I was the one that didn't let her send nudes. I'm not sure why else. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> How disrespectful. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, so yeah, I just blocked him because, you know, it is what it is at this point. Uh, we don't really want an apology. We don't, we just wanted to make other girls aware. Like we actually just saw another TikTok of another girl that came out and was like, oh, um, she was mentioning him too. She yeah. was calling him out and she was coming forward and saying something. So I just want to we just kind of wanted to tell what happened and we wanted to make other girls maybe aware of guys that think like this and guys that treat girls like this and like actually think that's okay. Like maybe that is okay. They can find a girl for them that's super submissive. But like, yeah, we just, we wanted to just spill the tea. Yeah. Yeah. His behavior was trash and the way he spoke to you girls was completely disrespectful. And yeah, yeah. wow. But question, did you ever, um, were you ever like, interested did you foresee like oh maybe I'll meet him and I'll really like him um 
Yeah, I, I would probably say with like the first few days or week, week, like singular of us talking, I maybe thought that. But then as time went on, um, the way he would talk to me and I just knew that I was like, Ugh, ew, cringe. Um, he would refer to himself as daddy, like in third person. <sighs> Daddy, no, no, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I know that's why wait. I, like, like, he would refer to himself as daddy, may just be the um title of this episode. Oh my yeah. gosh, please do, yeah, you should. And we're not gonna lie, like, I feel like we were completely naive because although, yes, we did clearly communicate X, Y, and Z, um, I feel like we did look past all of these red flags, yeah, yeah. Because there are people that are commenting, um, what, what was she thinking going on a trip, um, with a man, I mean, which is bullshit, but like, what would you say to those people? What did you expect? Naive. Yeah. Like we just had a lot of hope, like, okay, well, we finally you know, to be and the blue wrong. check mark kind of fooled us. Yeah. You think, oh, here's a guy that was on the bachelorette, you know, like maybe he's, he's more trustworthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, just, I feel like when I started talking to him and texting him, like we were FaceTiming and we had like good conversations. So I thought he was cool. And, uh, um, you know, I just thought it would be like, this might be go somewhere. This might be super cool. Like someone from the bachelor is actually reaching out to me and thinks I'm something special, you know? Cause you guys had been talking for how long before you finally went um, to Vegas? Like a week, probably like three weeks, maybe a month, if that. Not that long. What was January? But that's still like pretty consistent talking and like you know getting to know someone, thinking okay, maybe they could actually be nice and be interested in me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the trip itself had been planned for well over a week. Well over a week. Yeah. So yeah, the boundaries were set for a while. Yeah. So when he would like message, so when you were talking before going, he would say like, oh, so I want to have sex with you. And you would say no. And then like what he would just bring it up again later. Um, He would just imply like, um, I want you to do whatever like daddy tells you to do. And I would be like, well, I'm not like that kind of thing or. Um, what did I, daddy want you to do? Well, like, Was there anything okay, specific so, daddy asked? Um, I asked him like, what color should I get my nails? He was like, Ooh, you for sure need to get French tips. And I responded and I was like, eh, I think I'm going to do red or pink. And then I got red and I was just like, disregard anything you tell me to do or anything you tell me to say. Um, and then I told him, yeah, he just, he said full nudes. For daddy. He asked for full nudes for dad from, for daddy. And like, he would sign a text message, like with dash daddy, like from daddy kind of thing, No, which is super cringe. So cringy. Yeah. Um, I'm offended by yeah. daddy. And I just, I straight up said to him, if you're expecting to see me naked before you've even met me in person, then you have the wrong bitch. And he was like, no, I respect that. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Like clearly no. Um, oh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well. Thank you for dropping a bomb and thank you for wanting to share it with the She's All Batch listeners. Um, so I don't know how you want to wrap it up. Do better, Christian Bishop. Like, yeah, do, do better, better daddy. And any do other better daddy. daddy. Any <laughs> other man that feels entitled to a woman's body needs to do better. For sure. And thank you for spreading the word. And yeah. I'm sorry that you guys had to go through that, but <laughs> happy that you're on the other side of things. Yes, yes absolutely. Back uh, home. We'll be in touch. <laughs> okay. Um, and let you know how this all goes. Perfect. Perfect. Thank, Thank you guys right. so much. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
Okay. So you guys may not know, but Jackie and I both live in New York and we've got completely hit with a snowstorm and we've been snowed in. And just because it's snowing and freezing doesn't mean we want to just stop working out. Obviously, you know, we still care about our health and our fitness. And that's why I was so happy that I have Beachbody on demand because I was able to still get my workouts in and feel accomplished with out having to leave the comfort of my home. I actually tried this cool dance class earlier today. And after 30 minutes, I was done and I was able to move on with my day and not have to brave the snow and actually go to my gym, which was so cool. Yeah, that is so convenient. I have been loving the variety of classes. Like I've been trying yoga. I've been experimenting with bar. And the thing that's so great is if I were to want to take actual classes of these, I'd literally have to join like six different fitness studios to get the same variety. But in Beachbody, I literally have all of those different types of classes at my fingertips. Yeah. And they have over 1500 workouts to choose from. So you will never get bored. There's always a class to take. You could take it at any time. You could wear whatever you want. No one's judging you and you don't have to leave your living room. And you know what? That's all I care about. If you're interested and want to check it out, I really recommend you do because with our code, you can get 14 days free. So there's truly no risk here. Just go try it out. You can go to beachbody.com slash batch and get 14 days free. That's beachbody.com slash B-A-C-H. Results vary based on starting point and effort. All right. So we have Olivia Caridi here. You know her from Ben Higgins season, and we are pumped to have her on this week's episode. Olivia, thank you for joining us this week. Of course. I'm so happy to. This is so exciting. (laughs) So exciting for us. So obviously we know you from Ben season. Um, I think it's so interesting that on his season, like night one, they were setting you up to be the front runner. You obviously got the first impression rose. You got the romantic music, you know, you had your special (laughs) moments with him. And then obviously in the episodes to come, you slowly became the villain. Did you realize what was happening in real time or were you shocked to see it unfold the way it did? (sighs) I knew things weren't going well. Like I, I wasn't sitting there being like, this is going swimmingly. I'm the front runner still. Um, so the way that I behaved as I was filming and the way that it showed was definitely unexpected for me. Um, but it wasn't a surprise that like, I didn't win the damn thing. You know what I mean? Like I knew he was veering off. He was really into Lauren. Anyone who was on the season could say that like he was going to pick Lauren. So, um, so yeah, like, I didn't go into it being like, can't wait to be the villain. I didn't, I I wasn't feeling like I was the villain when I was filming, but I definitely felt ostracized and like lonely. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, when it aired, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Are producers in touch with you while the season's airing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I was, I got pretty mad. I just kind of stopped answering, but they tried for a while. And then I, I was like, I mean, I'm F off basically. (laughs) What were they trying to say to you? Oh, it's just like, you know, they'd be like, oh, this, this next episode is, is better. And then I never watched, but my sister would call me and she'd be like, that was a hundred times worse than the one before. And I'd be like, what are you watching? Like, it's just stupid stuff that like, I think try, they tried to make me feel better. And it, 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 they're just, we're lying. (laughs) 
I know Corinne, Corinne spoke out and said the exact same thing that producers, that's why I'm asking how, if they were in touch with you, because she said producers would call her, text her and say, okay, the next episode's going to get better. And she'd call them back and be like, it's not getting better. Like, what are you talking about? Or they, you know, they'd say, I'd say, give me a gist. Like, what am I, what should I be prepared for? And they'd say a couple things, but then there would be like all of this other stuff that they didn't mention that I was like, why did you not mention that you were going to air this or this or how you were going to edit this? So it was like, they, it's like they were acting like they were preparing me and like whatever, but I don't actually, it just ended up pissing me off. Cause I was like, okay, you're just, you're lying. <laughs> like, stop. Right. You said you weren't watching the season back. Was that something once the season wrapped, you decided not to do, or was that after you watched a few episodes and saw how it was going? And then I watched I watched nothing. I watched the first episode with Kayla Quinn, uh, with my producer. And obviously like the first episode was really good for me. So I was like, this is super exciting. And then, um, and then they had the whole coming up this season. Okay. And that's when I was like, Oh fuck. And I actually, um, my mom can vouch for me. I ran into the bathroom and I started sobbing. Cause I was just like, this is going to get really bad. This is going to get really hard. Cause I I'm watching that and I'm like, what the hell? You don't, you don't know what people are saying when you're filming or all that stuff. So when you see it for the first time come together, just even like as a viewer, I was like, no, I can't, I can't watch this. Um, My sister watched it for me. Um, and she would call afterwards and say, here's what happened. But like, I wasn't even on social media. She took my, my passwords and changed them. And um, I, I basically hid for like three months. I think it was, yeah, like three months. So that's insane. Um, yeah. oh my gosh. So though on the show, the women were initially angry with you because you would basically all you did was like interrupt conversations, but I need to know how much, sorry, I would grab Ben first. They didn't like that. Him. Yes. And yes. Okay. <laughs> both. Yeah. But how much of that was you grabbing him versus a producer being like, Hey, Olivia, you should probably grab him first. The latter every time. Okay. So they told you over, like, do they say like Ben really wants you to, they get you thinking that that's his request that he wanted me to. Yeah. I would have never, I'm not, I'm like the shyest, least assertive, most awkward human being alive. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even approach a guy at a bar. And you're like sitting here thinking like, it was literally like, Hey, he, he wants you to, he, they'd whisper me over and he, he asked us to, if you could grab him. And in the moment, right. You're like, Holy shit, this is my guy. Like I got to do this. Right. He cares so much about me. Like in hindsight, he didn't actually ever (laughs) say anything of the sort. Um, but that was like, you know, when we were filming, I was actually quite bland. I didn't really do a whole lot. So it was like, you had to do something. And that was the move that I made that uh, made me seem like assertive or, or mm-hmm. aggressive, I think is the term that some of the women used. So yeah, the latter. <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call you bland. Um, you recently made a TikTok about your infamous <laughs> jumping out of a cake and I loved it. And I, I wrote to you and I was like, I love that you can make light of it now because on the show on the show, it was like, it was heartbreaking to watch you like break down. Um, so if 
the listeners don't know, they had like a talent show and Olivia jumped out of a cake and did a little like can-can <laughs> dance, I guess, um, with a boa. It was yep. amazing. Um, but she felt embarrassed after. Yeah. Who told you to do that? <laughs> or did you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would never do that. Um, <laughs> you know, we were, we were, we had this talent show and there was not a lot of time to figure out what the hell to do. And I was like, I don't have a talent. What am I going to like play volleyball on stage? Like I just didn't have anything. And there's this person behind the stage kind of going like this to me. And I'm like, Oh, it's what's What's up. And they're like, here's a cake. You want to do a dance? And I was like, well, I got nothing else. So, um, Okay. Did they offer it to other people or was that just an Olivia? I don't, I wish I knew I didn't, I didn't have the awareness of like, it seemed like everyone else had already, you know, like committed to something. I, I couldn't really tell you. I think all I remember really is I think Kayla did like a belly dance. I don't remember like what Amanda Stanton did. I, I don't know anything actually. It's so crazy. Lauren juggled. Yep. Yep. And I, I have like a memory of someone that. Did, someone did like a pogo stick. I yeah. can't even, I can't even, I don't know who did what, right. um, but yeah, at that point I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I was, you know, I was definitely in the mode of like, I, I went into it being like, I'm going to be goofy. Like I'm not a sexy person. I'm not going to jump out of a cake and like, you know, do the tatas and stuff like, God, I wish I could do that, but I can't. So I was like, I'm going to be like a, a dork. I'm going to be a joke. Of course, like, you know, the, the music that was playing when I was dancing was not the clown music that they played <laughs> on the show. Like yeah. mine was like a cute little, like dumb can-can dance, not like the so the reason I got so emotional was like a combination of a lot of factors, but one, it was like the girl's faces were exactly what it aired. They were looking at me like I was like horrifying and it was just kind of hurtful. Um, and then number two, I have like really bad body image issues and my, the first thing I just was like, I started hyperventilating. I felt like oh, I was so ugly up there, like blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, my body is showing and, and all. So it was like, it was a true, just like panic attack. Um, yeah. Well, you looked stunning. First of all, you, I look at it now. <laughs> I look at it now. Like, I don't know who is that person that jumped out of that cake. And like, now I'm like, damn, she looked good. Like I wish. I wish I could have thought that way back then, but it just, and like the cameraman chases you, you're like hyperventilating running. Yeah. And Rachel Chen, um, was like, go away. Like she's actually just having a panic attack right now. Like get out of her fucking face. I think I'm on camera being like, just leave me alone. I, I like, I wasn't even doing it for attention. I ran to the nearest like changing room I could find. And I just like hid with Rachel Mm-hmm. And just like had to breathe it out. And I was, you know, but I think honestly, like the trip to Vegas was like the beginning of the end for me. I just like completely self-sabotaged and like lost it, which mm-hmm. everyone saw. So, <laughs> yeah. So how was um, your connection with Ben? Because you seem to say that you're, you have strong feelings for him, but yeah. I feel like you probably didn't. No, I did. I mean, I, 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 I found him like he was really sweet. The times that we had together that were good were really good. He was really easy to talk to. 
I felt like we had a lot in common, of course, right. There's those feelings of like, it's just so like not overhyped, but everything is just your sensitivities are like going crazy. And, and, but like, as far as like, shitty guys that I've met in recent years. Like Ben was a freaking great dude who I I would meet like in New York and be like, wow, this guy's amazing. Right. Like I hit the jackpot, um, in terms of like someone to potentially hit it off with. Like I actually felt a connection with him, Okay, but it left and, and, and I could feel it leaving. And then there's that anxiety where you're like trying to hold on because there's that pressure, right. Of like, I'm filming this thing. And like, I'm supposed to like this person. He's supposed to like me. Uh And yeah, that's where it goes wrong. But I was really into Ben, to be honest. Like that was not, that was not a joke. Yeah. Well, he's a friend of the show. So yeah, we actually call him friend of the show, Ben Higgins. Um, he's, he came on a couple of episodes ago and he's really, yeah, really cool. Um, so we're, we're fans of him as well. Um, can you, I know you've talked about this probably till you're blue in the face, but this two-on-one date is like iconic. Um, Olivia gets left on an island. All right. How long were you on the island? Well, you know, it felt, time felt so fast and also so slow that day. I think from the point that him and Emily left in their boat and then me getting into my dinghy boat, dingy, I can't remember the word. Um, dingy. Dingy, whatever, um, was probably like an hour. Cause I had to do my exit interview and that takes forever. And of course they had to film me like standing there with the helicopter above me. It could have been less, it could have been more, but like, I'm going to guess an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And this is like the worst weather I've ever seen on a date in bachelor history. So does that, does that prove that like, they can't reschedule things? Like they couldn't just no. so do what, it another day. It was so crazy. Yes. And no, like we, it was beautiful all day. I mean, these days, like you get up at seven and you're not leaving for the date until like two, like it just, everything takes forever. And we were in this car and we were actually taken to like an airport we were going to take a private plane to this Island, but then like we get there and the plane wasn't working or something, which is why they had to do the plan B, which I guess was this like speedboat that took us out there. But by this point, it's been like another three hours and it's the weather sucks. And it's even on, on camera, like it's, it's pelting. We were all hiding under towels because it was so painful to like the eyes and the face. And then we, yeah, we get out to this Island and like, it's a disaster. Like it was freaking monsoon weather. It really was. Yeah. It was awful. I don't need, but like, they can't, everything goes the day that it's supposed to go. But I was like, maybe we could go to a local restaurant. Can we we go inside somewhere guys? Like a nice little restaurant or the, we all, we'll even go to the hotel bar or something. Right. That's fine with me. It was a nightmare. The worst. Oh my God. We ask everyone this and I'm sure you have plenty of examples, but, um, what is something that when you were filming it played out totally different when you watched it on TV, I'm sure you have several, but that's like always our go-to question. Um, well, the whole, that the cankle thing is very frustrating to me. I've heard you. I'm like, I know this one. I, I feel like I've heard, I've listened to your other interviews. I'm like blown away by this. So, sorry, go ahead. Tell, tell the story. I mean, like, it's this just is- like, 
it was extremely frustrating. And I should have known at the time that like, there's just not enough time in the show to accurately portray like kind of a longstanding moment that was happening for me. Um, but like, essentially, as I said, I have body image issues and like, I never wear shorts. I hate my legs. I, I wear pants, even if it's 150 degrees outside, like I hate my legs. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I probably said that at some point, and that might've been like, uh, okay, we're going to run with this thing. But both of my dates were, we had to wear like spandex. So I was just like really kind of insecure and like not feeling great. And everyone's a freaking 12. Right. And at one point at the soccer game, we were talking after the soccer game and he looks at me and he's like, Liv, I just want to tell you that like, I couldn't stop staring at your legs and like, they're so gorgeous. They're so, and I like, no one has ever said that to me before, like pinpointed the one thing that I hate about myself. And like, Mm -hmm. and I, who knows, he might've like, that might've been a feed who knows, but, Mm -hmm. um, but then I got interrupted. So when he comes in and his family friends had, had passed away, I, I pulled him and I, for like a solid five minutes, we were talking. I was like, the first thing I said was like, how are you? Let's talk about this. And he's like, all right, I've talked about something that's hard. Like what's something that's been hard for you. And that's when I opened up about like body image and people saying horrible things and like my insecurities. And I was like, I want to tell you this because I hope this makes you feel better on a hard day. Like Mm -hmm. you literally said something the other day that just like rocked my world. And made me feel so good. And he's like, what, what? And I was like, you said this comment about my legs and like kind of went into my insecurities. And I guess it was frustrating for me because at least in filming, um, that's the most I felt like I got to just like be me and like have a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got the rose like second, but like the way it aired, it was just like, they cut straight to me talking about my legs. And then, they have a clip of him being like, I wish that she would have talked about something else or whatever, which maybe he was talking about me. I don't know. But like, then they edited it so that I would get the rose last, which didn't happen at all. Oh, okay. Um, actually like when he grabs the rose and, and gives it to me, he, he bends down again for another one. Like, it's just a continuity. Oh, I gotta go look and see. I got it. I got the rose second. And like in the moment we were like this, you know, so that was just frustrating for me because I felt like that was my one moment of like, I get to talk about myself and it got like a true. Yeah. It got, it got chopped to bits and it was really frustrating. Cause like people now think I'm a sociopath who would go up to someone whose family friend died and say, let me tell you about my legs. Like, yeah, it's insane. And the music that they put over it, it was like, and then like, like literally everything behind me was like clown music. It was insane. And that that one's hard for me because now there's people have this opinion of me that's out of my control. Number one. And number two is just so categorically false. Right. Um, And, and, you know, you can't say anything about it at the moment. So it's just, it's, that was, there were many, but that was the most frustrating one (laughs) by far. So, yeah. So after the show, um, they, they tried to get you to come to paradise, right? What was the yeah, paradise we, deal? Yeah. The first time it was an absolute no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next year I went out to, um, test 
but I, I didn't feel good about it. Like I, you know, I was just kind of like, what the hell am I doing here? And, um, I think they ended up just like never calling me and I never really called and that was it. But like, okay. I've never, even when I went, I, I didn't actually, it ended up me and Jubilee were there and Jubes and I are very close. And we ended up just getting wasted one day at the hotel. And then we flew <laughs> home and it was like, it was stupid. I never like was committed to going, but yeah, I did go at one point to the test, but I, I could have never gone. Even if they were like, we want you on. I just could never go again. <laughs> so, well, cause you can't really trust the people that are like no. trying to get you to come back. No. Yeah. That. And also like, I could never trust, I could never be myself on camera again. Like how, mm-hmm. how I was like, so authentically me and got burned as bad as I did. Like I would be a terrible TV to watch. Cause I just would be like nervous the whole time and saying who's saying what about me. And that's not fun to watch. That's not good TV, you know? So. So they didn't get you for paradise, but they did get you for the greatest seasons ever special that aired during the pandemic. How did they, how did they get you to come back? How did they approach you? Um, well, so, so Steve reality, Steve calls me and he's like, you're not going to like this, but I just want to tell you what's going on. And he tells me that they're doing this greatest of all time thing. And I'm like, at first, what I understood it was like, they're going to air a whole season again. And I was, I thought too. Yeah. And I like, fuck, I lost it. Cause I was like, I lived through this once and you're going to make me live through this again. And that's when it kind of became clear. He calls me again and he's like, it's just a one night thing. And I'm like, okay, but I hadn't heard anything. And then I started getting calls you know, hi, Olivia, how are you? And I'm like, five years and I've never heard from any of you. I'm great. Right. How are you? How are you? Um, and at first my sister, it was like an absolute no. My sister was like, you have to pay me a million dollars kind of thing. And then it kind of like became like, how can we fix this? Like, how can we help? We feel bad. And I'm like, okay, well, let me like feel this out a little bit. And we go back and forth and back and forth. And then I really just, I was like, okay, well, this is my, I guess is my one shot at redemption. Mm-hmm. And they really made it seem like they felt bad and like they wanted to make it better. Mm-hmm. And ironically, like I've stayed in con- contact with Ben for over the years. And so I call him, I called Charlene, I called Ashley Spivey everyone who like, I trust their opinion. And I'm like, mm-hmm. or Ashley, I, Kennedy and Jared called them. And I was like, what do I do? And then I call Ben and I'm like, this is crazy, but like, what do I do? And he's like, I think you should do this. He's like, I know it was so hard for you, but I think you should do this. And I'm like, just like, why? And he's like, you know, all, my only stake I have left in all of this is making this better for you. And he's like, this is something that's, you know, it's been with me too. Like, I just want to make this better for you. And I didn't know that like he was going to come on the screen and all that. I had no idea. Like my, I was, yeah. I thought maybe like during his interview with Jess, that maybe he would field a question or something. I had no clue that he was going to come on and say what he did. Yeah. Um, but that, that episode was monumental for me, for my mom, for my family, like, it was huge. I have no regrets. It was, it was traumatizing for sure. I remember sitting down and Chris Harrison's on this is the zoom and I'm just shaking. Like 
insane. It was, it was insane, but I'm glad I did it, (laughs) you know, for the people that don't know and haven't seen it. Can you just give a little summary or you can Stephanie of what Ben said that was so helpful? Yeah, no, I mean, he just came on the screen and he was like, y'all, um, Olivia really did nothing wrong. And I'm sorry that I wasn't there more like for you privately and publicly to tell people to back off and to let you live. Like he said, the, the worst thing you did was just passionately go for someone that you liked. Um, and he said, you know, you, this woman is a superhero America and we, we need to forgive her. You need to oh, hug so her and love her. Oh my God. I love that. Um, and then right after we finished, right after it aired live, I went to the bathroom and Ben immediately called me and he was like, so what, how did, how do you feel? What, what, what did tell me everything? And I was just like, so emotional. And, you know, I really like, he did have a stake in it on my behalf and mm. that meant a lot to me, you know, cause for a long time I felt like I was I hate to say it like on an Island. <laughs> um, mm. So it meant a lot that, that he did that and it worked out. So I'm so happy you got that redemption because I feel like without the pandemic and them <laughs> yeah. scrambling to find a season to air it on TV, happened. it would have never happened. happened. Yeah. So that's so great. I'm so happy that you feel like you got that closure. Yeah. Um, it was for me after the show. Like, so you had that mouth joke from the show, but then you were like a boss bitch and turned it into a business <laughs> and yeah. had like literally the best bachelor podcast. <laughs> and I, I mean, so y- your podcast ending is probably why this podcast is here because I oh, literally yeah. put out on she's all batch, the Instagram account that I run um, earlier in this year or Wolf 2021. Uh And I was like, guys, like, I'm really scrambling. I need to find like a podcast. I like, like I've listened to everything Olivia's done. Like I was looking for something else because there was nothing else. And the things that people were sorry, I don't want to offend anyone, but like the things that people were suggesting to me, I'm like, either I've seen it, I've heard it, or like, I'm not interested. And that's why we needed to do something that like, we wanted to create something that we would listen to. That's great. but your podcast was like such an inspiration. I loved, like, you should do radio. Yeah. My mom did radio. I look, everyone's always like, would you ever go back into TV? Like you're so good at TV or, you know, voice work or anything like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to say no. Like I never thought I was going to have a podcast. That thing just fell into my lap. I had no idea ever. Did they come to you? How'd that come about? Well, I, my first public interview after I came out of hiding was Stassi Schroeder's podcast. And they were at what was then CBS radio. And I came and I did the show. And then one of the producers came in and they were like, you have a great voice. Like, have you ever thought about a podcast? And I was like, I've, this is my first podcast. I'd never even heard of a podcast because this was five years ago now. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, like we had a couple meetings. I did a test episode. My test episode was with Kayla Quinn and they were like, this is really good. And like, let's give you creative control. What do you want? And I was like, well, the whole world is making fun of my mouth. So why don't we try to capitalize on it? And like uh, what I always say, if you can't beat them, join them. So let's mm-hmm. just laugh. Right. So yeah, so so we created mouthing off, and my whole shoot for the the cover image was just me being like, 
<laughs> like I'm pretty sure my jaw was locked for like two weeks after that photo shoot. And then it, and then it lasted for four beautiful years and I got to interview the coolest people. And like, they literally fell into my lap. I had no idea. I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> so, so cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> was that your, that wasn't your only, that wasn't your full-time job. Was it? I've had a few, I mean, I, I worked for Delta for a few years, part-time, um, to fund my travel addiction basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a long time, it was, it was the podcast and Delta. And then when the pandemic happened, I, I've always wanted to go to grad school. Um, I've, I, I feel like this is like very debatable overall, but I love the concept of like a corporate nine to five. I just do very well that way. A lot of people are like, I don't do well that way. And that's neither here nor there, but I was like, I would really love to get back into the corporate space. Um, but I, for, after so many years out of school and out of like that classic job, I was like, I feel like I can't walk into an interview and be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, and so when they waived the GRE, um, I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta apply for school now because I'm never going to study for the GRE. <laughs> so I got lucky and, uh, got to school. Awesome. Yeah. So would you ever write a tell-all book? Because these bachelor tell-all books are like all the rage now. Everyone has one. I I, feel like you would have such a good story to tell. I would. I'm just five years too late, but. I don't think so. People are writing that like Rachel hasn't been the bachelorette since when was she the bachelorette? And she just released one. Rachel's so, I'm so integral to bachelor nation. Like I'm, I'm not important in bachelor nation at all. So that's like, not I feel true. Like anyone who writes a book is like completely integral to how B- Bachelor Nation operates and like has a million followers and all that, which I don't have. I'm trying so, to think of someone that that shouldn't or not shouldn't have written a book. Everyone you know who I mean? has like a million followers. That's true. They do have a lot of followers, but like Tyler Cameron wrote a book and I'm like, what gives you the right to it's, it's he's a huge part of bachelor nation. And he's he is, he does have a lot of followers. I know, but it was like about relationships. And I'm like, like no one, like what I post to my, one of my one one ninety four 94 or something. And maybe 10 of them buy it. Like, no, I'm not, you know, if I, if I became out of that being like freaking Corinne, maybe. Yeah. Corinne. Did she write a book? If not, no. she, she should. Well, she we would should, for that. We'll tell her. Yeah. Well, I think you guys both should write a book, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we'll co-author Greatest Villains of All Time. I mean. With Courtney Robertson. I'll bring her. I mean, her books. Courtney. Are I would buy that book if it was all of you guys together. Yeah. You can yeah. get Chad. You can get some other greatest villains. villains of all Wait, time. that's. I'm not even. I We, should, we need to get like, Trademark, like 10% here because <laughs> we're helping you. Yeah, well, ID8. I'll let you know. Okay. I got so much going on right now. Well, there was talk recently. Well, I know you said that you don't know if you would go back to TV, but there was mm-hmm. talk recently that um like Carly Waddell, people were saying would potentially yeah. be the bachelorette. Would you ever do it? Well, I've always said if I'm ever going to do it again, I would have to be the lead. Like I wouldn't go on again for me to be one of 30 people Mm. that said, um, I mean, I'm single as hell. It's actually embarrassing. I'd I'd probably have just as much luck there that I do here. Like, I don't know. I obviously the track record makes me a little nervous. Um, the fact that I've lived it and I know that it's really hard to get more than like two to three minutes with someone sometimes 
which granted I never had a one-on-one. So maybe you feel better and like, you know, someone better when you've had one of those, but Mm -hmm. uh, timing wise, I, I just, I don't know, but Hey, like I would love the, I would love the concept of dating 30 people and like (laughs) practicing and, and you know, all that. Cause I don't date at all. If I was like forced to to do it with 30 people, maybe I would like that better than, cause I go on like one date every seven months now. Um, but yeah, yes. And yes. And no, I would, I would probably do it. It would be freaking terrifying. And also they would never ask me. So I guess I really haven't thought about it because that would never happen. I think they would again. I think that, I think you're wrong. I think we should. There was was one point where, um, what's his name? The guy who's always trolling people on Twitter who like owns the franchise or whatever. Mike Fleiss. Mike Fleiss. He tweeted at one point, like, who do you want as the bachelor? And I woke up one morning and I was just tagged in like all of these, like Olivia, Olivia, Olivia. And I was like, what? No, no. Obviously, like, obviously nothing happened, but I was just, I was laughing because there is like a random contingency of people that are like, Olivia. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very small. <laughs> well, let's get this going. I'm so here for it. Cause I mean, if they're throwing around Carly's name, I don't know if it's ABC throwing it around, yeah, but like the conversation is coming around Carly and she's, she's from Chris originated on Chris. That's forever ago. Well, look, like I love a throwback contestant. Like mm-hmm. you now I, no matter how I feel about Nick Vile, I loved a Nick Vile, right? Like yeah, someone same. who's polarizing, who's been around before. Like I love a polarizing character. I'm kind of bored of like the whole, they're nice. They're cute, whatever. Let's get someone in here that people are going to talk about whether it's good or bad. Let's, I want some excitement, some some edge, you know? Yeah. So I'm a fan of the old school, bringing back the old school. Me too. I always say like, I just want to, I would neither to be a story that I'm interested in when they just like pick people that I don't feel connected to. I get, I get annoyed. Right. I like, I, I mean, like a story. Yeah. This Clayton season's pretty rough, but there are some great women who would make great bachelorettes like Susie. Pff, she is bachelorette material times 500. So yeah. Yeah. Totally. What advice would you give to those girls? Like knowing what, you know, <sighs> um, just do your best to stay grounded. You're going to feel like the ground is like freaking shaking. And you're like, you don't know where you are or what time it is or what day it is. And like, I wish I would have sat down a few more times and been like, Olivia, would you do this in your normal life? Like, are you okay with these things, do you, do you feel like you're being, um, not, I, I don't like the word pressure cause it's not that, but like encouraged mm-hmm. to do things that like, ultimately you don't, you wouldn't even do, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so just stay grounded, like stay true to you. It's okay to say no. It's okay to like, kind of, I don't know, lay low. Right. <laughs> I wish I just yeah. laid low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so get off social media because it's yeah, yeah, tune everyone out. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. How? Where can everyone find you? And also, can you tell us, like, real quick, what you have going on today? Today, okay. Well, Um, not literally today, but like 2022. (laughs) Um. Twenty. Well, I graduate from NYU in May. Um. So I'm. Thank you. I'm currently uh, applying for jobs, which is it's terrifying. Everyone put good vibes out there for me. Um, 
So yeah, right now I, I'm working as an intern full-time, which is extremely fun and applying for jobs and doing my final capstone project before graduation. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Hopefully by May, I'll be able to post that I got some badass jobs somewhere. Yes. What industry are you in? So I'm studying digital marketing and okay. I'm really attracted to like overall, I think either the beauty or like entertainment space. Like I love streaming services. I love, um, like music, you know, stuff like that. So, but probably beauty. I would love to work in that space, makeup or skincare or hair. Yeah. Or like that. Um, cool. and then I post on Instagram like once every month. Um, and that's Olivia Caridi, C-A-R-I-D-I. I did dabble in TikTok, although I gave up as of like three days ago, but I'm why you're good at it. I'm just tired. Like it's very hard and time consuming to look around and see like what's trending and Mm. to get like, I will literally, it's so embarrassing how much time in a day I'll put into making a video that gets like 10 likes. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, it's Olivia underscore Caridi. If anyone wants to hop over there, I'm on Twitter, Olivia Caridi a lot. Pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Well, not great cool. at social media. <laughs> go follow Olivia, go send her yeah. love. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, oh thank you. God. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review if you like what you hear. And also subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss a future episode. And make sure you share the podcast with someone. If you are liking this, tell a friend. Also, make sure to check out our Facebook group. We're going to be doing giveaways, polls, sharing of news in real time. The link to the group will be in the episode description. And speaking of the Facebook group, we want to give a special shout out of the week to some of the people in the group who have just been so sweet and so supportive. We want to let you guys know that we really appreciate you and we see all your amazing comments. So shout out of the week goes to Angie, Emmalyn, Lindsay, Allie, MK, Melissa, Riley, and Macy. We see all you guys. We love how much you guys have been commenting. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate the support. And shout out one more time to our sponsors, Beachbody. You can go to beachbody.com slash batch for 14 days free. Bright Sellers, you can go to brightsellers.com slash she's all batch one for 50% off your first order. Manscaped, you can go use code she's all batch for 20% off and free shipping. And Invisaware, you can use code she's all batch for 10% off. Be sure to follow me, she's all batch on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and follow Jackie Maroney underscore on Instagram. Bye, bitches.